So hi, everybody. Welcome. It's an episode of Citizen Reporter. I'm Mark Fonseca Rendeiro, and you're listening to a podcast that goes back now 12 years. Um, and in the previous episode, we talked about Matthew Caramoon and his, call it a struggle, to stay alive as long as possible, fighting cancer. Um, and on today's program, uh, we have... Matthew, I spoke to him this morning. We send messages back and forth, he and I. And actually, he's communicating with a lot of people these days. And I'm happy that I can provide a place for him to speak in, in podcast format. And this morning, we spoke about how things have been going since the start of chemotherapy, aggressive chemotherapy. And, I, you know, it's not an easy conversation, not for him, perhaps not for you to listen but I also think it's important and so much to learn, so much to experience what it is to be human uh, on this planet. So let's let's go there. Let's go to that recording now from this morning, September 17th, 2016. So people that are joining us, uh, here we are. Um, Matthew, you're out there in, in Tokyo. Hello. Hello. Yeah. And uh, and I'm over here in, in New Jersey, actually. So so 13 hours uh, separate us, uh, but we're we're here to talk a bit. Uh, I mean, since the last recording that I published, it's been two weeks, right, Matthew? I mean, talk a little bit about. Well, you, you couldn't probably possibly explain the last two weeks, but um, but that time compared to where we're at now. Yeah, I mean, it has has been two weeks, as you say, and um, time is. Um doing funny things for me at the moment. Um, two weeks ago, I think, when I'd spoken to you, maybe I'd just had my first chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. um, so now I, uh, I've recently had my second lot of chemotherapy. This is for the terminal um, cancer. Mm -hmm. And then um, this morning today, uh, um, I went to have immunotherapy um, at a specialist clinic. And also hypothermia therapy, which is um, hypothermia therapy is when they heat up the inside of your body to try and damage the cancer. Um, immunotherapy, there are lots of different kinds, but the one I'm, I've been having two kinds, or I've, at least today I had two kinds. One is an injection of um, a vaccine, like a, um, a vaccine made just for me using part of my blood. Um, they made a vaccine to try and um, teach my body to attack the cancer, just like you know a regular vaccine you might have against um, f uh, influenza or you know whooping cough or something like that. Yeah. So um, a variation on that, and then also um, the the main immunotherapy I have is where the doctors take your white blood cells and they teach them to attack the cancer. Um, they, they teach the individual cells to go and attack the cancer. So you have your blood taken and then it's put in a lab and over a two-week period they sort of train and condition the the cells and they try and strengthen the um, certain types of white blood cells mm. and they um, put this back into you as a, as a, as a drip use of you lie there and it's, it takes half an hour or whatever and um, in the drip goes and 
hopefully um, it will start fighting the cancer um, because regular cancer treatments like chemotherapy um, can't target cancer they tar you know it just goes into your whole body um, and damages any quickly growing tissue of which cancer is one but you have other quickly growing tissue in your body as well like the lining of your mouth the lining of your intestines um, hair follicles that's one of the reasons why chemotherapy sometimes makes people's hair fall out so yeah. so yeah I mean that that's that's what I've been having done recently um, yeah. for, for people listening uh, you know just in case they run into this mp3 as you as you pointed out um, you know we're, we're talking uh, for me we're, we're, we're talking just to update people but also to talk about what's going on in this I mean, it is a battle here. Every day feels like a battle when I talk to you, uh, what, what you're going through. Um, so, so this is, you know, to, to document and also to maybe help you sort things out and also to share with people for a number of reasons. I mean, some of which may be related to experience, sharing of experience, uh, people going through it themselves. And the other is also, you just talked about the, uh, the immun immunotherapy and that is... A, a tremendous cost um and you're you're trying to and uh working on as even as we speak raise the money via crowdfunding so so people can donate uh on on matthew m-a-t-t-h-e-w dons.org anyway I, I sound like an advertisement i didn't mean for that um but it's just so that people understand a little bit if they don't already uh you know what we're up to with, with recording with sharing um, so anyway, back to it, Matthew. Um, for, for me, it seems like you're, you, you've got these two worlds. Well, there's one world. There's every day it's, it's cancer. And you've talked about that in your YouTube videos. And then you've got these two places, right? The, the chemotherapy and you've got the immune therapy. And, and your time is basically between these two places. And, and never mind your time is also your, your body and your, uh, what you can handle uh, what they do to you and, and so forth. I don't know. Talk about it. Yeah, I mean, so the, with the chemotherapy, I go to a general hospital for that. And um, I've only had it twice so far. And I need to have it four times before they can um, sort of do a scan of my body and see if it's having any effect or, you know, see if the cancer spread to other places or, or just whatever the situation is. Um, and... Because I had, um, well, the first time I went to get chemotherapy, um, you always do stay in the hospital um, for a few days anyway so that they can monitor any side effects. Because I did get quite bad, well, I got very bad side effects, in fact. Um, the second time I had it, I also went to stay in hospital. So that's quite a big deal because it um, means being away from my family. Um, if my wife um, comes to visit me, um, we need someone to look after the children because you can't really take children to the, into the hospital. You're not going to take kids under the age of 15 and it's not a good child-friendly environment anyway for them. Um, my general hospital is about an hour and 15 minutes away by train. Um, so it's quite a journey there and back, um, especially you know if, if we're trying to get a neighbour or whatever to look after the kids. It means just visiting the hospital um, it takes, you know, a whole day, 
even if we're only there for a few hours. Um, so that's that's been a real struggle at the moment, and I'm actually going to move to a, a slightly closer hospital. Um, I happened to choose the hospital I chose because um, we were introduced to it by someone who could um, get us in there very quickly. Um, we we we, uh, we knew a doctor who was um, connected to the hospital and was able to sort of um, get me in quickly. But we're going to move to somewhere, um, hopefully, sort of about half an hour away by train, which should make things a bit easier. Um, and, you know, when I go to chemotherapy, um, a few days before chemotherapy, I have to go to the hospital um, for a blood test to make sure that I, my body is kind of fit for the chemotherapy. And then on the day I go for chemotherapy, I have to go early in the morning for blood tests as, as well. Um, because chemotherapy um, weakens your blood a lot, well, it weakens your whole body, but it's very important that, that um, you're healthy enough to have the chemotherapy or they just won't give it to you. So, you know, it, phys- it physically takes a long, long time doing that kind of thing. Um, again, the um, the clinic I go to for the immunotherapy, which um, I've only been to a few times. I've only had immunotherapy once, but I've been there a couple of times for hypothermia therapy as well. And I also went there to prepare for the immunotherapy when they initially took out um, some blood. So that again, that's like an hour long journey. Um, so it's quite, you know, it, t- it takes a long time during the week just to do you know, a few medical visits, really. And it's obviously very tough for my family, tough for the kids, tough tough to ask people to look after the kids. Yeah, because um, yeah, so really. when, whenever you go, it's it's just you and your wife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, with two young children, someone has to look after them and ideally someone who has or has recently had young children... <laughs> Um, because my daughter is only just turning three, so she really needs someone who, you know, can um, has a lot of experience with um, with that kind of uh, age of child. Um, and it's you know, it's in Tokyo particularly, it's not it's not a usual thing for neighbours to look after each other's kids and stuff like that. There's there's a sort of cultural barrier there, and um, it's a you know, it's difficult for my wife to ask basically. Hmm. But is there, so I think I mentioned this to you, is there, last time we spoke, is there a community of people who are more experienced that know, for example, what chemotherapy involves that, that step up? Or is it, is it actually just more friends who, who get yeah, it? It's, it's, it's mainly, you know, the help has come from my friends. They're all, you know, an, sort of an hour away or whatever. I live um, right on the um, western kind of a bit of central of Tokyo I'm living right near to Tokyo most of my friends are sort of central Tokyo so you know so far it's just been help from from my friends really um and and they've been incredibly generous with their time and incredibly supportive but um you know it's still a, still a strain it's it's been you've said to me you've sent me notes about and you've told uh people on Facebook it's been the most pain you've ever felt, uh, specifically, I guess, the, the, the chemotherapy. And, and I mean, you were ready for bad, but I feel like this has been beyond what you 
We're oh yeah, so 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 this is kind of um, it's technically not the chemotherapy. It's it's um, a medicine that I have along with the chemotherapy called a molecular targeting agent, which is a medicine that can target cancer directly, and um, it tend for for people who have this type of cancer, stage four bowel cancer, the um, the choice that there's there's several molecular targeting agents that, that can be used, um, and all of them tend to cause a skin rash. And the skin rash in my case was very very bad, but also um, the ointment that the main the main kind of um, medicine, the ointment, and also the pills to reduce the skin rash didn't work in my case. I'm I'm in a small percentage of people who don't respond well to that um anti side effect treatment. So um I had incredible burning pain um all over my face, twenty-four hours a day, preventing me from sleeping. Um and I'm gonna get it again next time I think because I need to um continue having that medicine. I didn't have it this time with my chemotherapy. I was given a break because um the side effects were so bad. But when I go in a week's time, I have to have that same medicine again. And um, I'll probably have the, the rash with a similar severity. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's more pain than I had ever imagined. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and some things may not sound... Uh, and I'm thinking of something specific here. You recorded a video, uh, by the way, if, if people want on... They can follow your updates on, on YouTube or on, on Facebook, we'll, we'll get that information out. Um, and in one of them, you have hiccups uh, th- throughout. And at first, it might sound, I, I have to express how I feel here, it might sound like, oh, it's, a, it's funny enough, you know, it's, it's hiccups, right? It's, it's sort of an innocent, but there is something about while you're hiccuping, trying to talk to people, um, and you and you inform us that these hiccups They'll stay for a really long time. Uh, and it's amazing how hiccups, for me, can become so not at all innocent or actually quite an, an annoying uh, because, it, it, you know, it's, it's something else. It's, it's, hic- it's more than hiccups. Um, and here's one more side effect, maybe obviously not the, the most severe, uh, but that you're, you're having to deal with. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, that one just got me. Just yeah, and, and I mean, when I had the first chemotherapy um, treatment, the, um, the hiccups were an incredibly severe side effect because um, it was very, very, very painful. Um, it wasn't just annoying having hiccups lasting one hour, one hour, or even you know, even longer. It was the the physical pain. Um, hiccups don't sound very painful, but my esophagus was damaged. Um, Due, uh, kind of in the recovery from the surgery, so um, you have a lot of a uh, sort of a- you know acid damage there. Um, incredibly painful. <laughs> um, again, like more more pain than I'd sort of imagined you could get from something as trivial as hiccups. So you know, with with chemotherapy, there's a whole host of side effects. There's sort of eleven key side effects, um, and the 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 most um, a uh, serious one is nerve damage. Um, I'm hoping that I will be able to avoid the nerve damage by um, 
just sort of having low dose chemotherapy when it gets to the stage that the, the a lot of the side effects of chemotherapy um you don't get used to them they get worse they they're cumulative because it's damaging your body so each time you have chemotherapy the side effects are a bit worse last a bit longer um and one of the 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 main side effects of any chemotherapy is fatigue so you're you're just very very tired all the time um and resting doesn't really help so much because um fatigue is not something that's this improved with rest it's not like just um being tired and needing a bit of a lie down it's um like a tiredness in your bones and in your muscles it's not, it's not really understood exactly um how how it works but resting doesn't um help basically yeah. how do you mentally get yourself uh I'm going to use the word motivated and 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 maybe prepared for things like, you know, before approaching more chemo. Uh I think are we coming up to more this weekend? Um no, I've I've got oh. I've got uh, a week. So it's it's a week from tomorrow. Yeah, but how do you um, yeah, how do you prepare? I mean, is there meditation and I'm I'm quite serious uh, or is there yeah, what what helps you? Um I mean, at the moment you know i'm it's quite a lot of effort just to to get through the daily tasks of making sure i'm eating enough um making sure i'm eating at all being hydrated um after chemo i've heard it's good to try and drink as much fluid as you can because in theory this might wash away maybe not the chemo but at least all the um anti side effect medicines that are that you're taking um So at the moment that's it really is just is just focusing on the very very practical small things that have to be done um you know when I um came out of 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 hospital after the chemo I'm taking um the first the first uh, day after I think I was taking 30 pills um you know 10 after after each meal um and those were like six or seven different kinds of pills so I have to kind of make sure I'm taking the right ones and the right amounts and write it all down so just that kind of that kind of thing um but yeah I haven't really had any I found any good good way to prepare it's just I have to keep going really well I mean you're what what I can see on Facebook is that you one of the activities that you're busy with when there's time and energy is actually interacting with people um including people who you haven't perhaps uh, had so much interaction with in a long time and of course people that you do uh a lot of discussing i see you talking to people people asking you questions and you you telling them uh um anything anything they ask really about your experience these days so i guess that's might be part of your your mental uh, uh strengthening or or exercise Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been people have got in touch who um I haven't had any contact with for sort of 15, 16 years or whatever or or even longer, 20 years in 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 many cases of of kind of school friends. Um so that's been a big help and I've been recording um videos as well which um again has been has been very good for me and and it started as just as a very practical thing just so I didn't have to answer the same questions from everyone <laughs> um and also to make sure that 
people all knew what was happening at each stage because, um, you know, often people hear bits of something um, or only understand bits of something and then people asking questions about something that's sort of, um, you know, not, um, I don't want to say not relevant, but, um, you know, they, they've, they've, they've understood part of something and are asking questions about that and other people have maybe understood something else and are kind of surprised at what stage I'm at or whatever it is. So that was the sort of practical reason for doing those videos. But, you know, I've, I've enjoyed them a lot. I didn't, um, when I did the first two, it was before my um, terrible skin rash. Um, and then afterwards, I had quite a long break because the skin rash was just so bad, I couldn't really face um, being sat there on the couch. I mean, I was in a lot of pain anyway, but also, um, yeah, I just felt I looked so grim. And um, now I've still got the skin rash, but it's it's much, much more mild um, until the next chemotherapy when it's... Uh, probably going to come back with a vengeance unfortunately hmm. and and with your um with your family i'm thinking here of your children but not only um what tell me there's good moments these days <laughs> tell me about them yeah i mean um my my kids are, are, are tough my my daughter is almost three years old but she doesn't really of course have any understanding of what's happening and why i'm sometimes not here but she sort of takes everything in her stride anyway. Um, my son, who is um, seven, um, I spend as much you know as much time as possible doing things with him. Um, we sort of do a little bit of programming together. Um, he enjoys playing um, uh, computer games, and we always play the games that I played as a child. We've got a, um, an Amiga emulator on my Mac. So I'm playing the games that I played in the 1980s and 1990s with him, which is a whole lot of fun introducing him to those, you know, those games that were maybe far more um, um, uh, cerebral, I guess, than video games nowadays, far more kind of intellectually challenging or deeper um, and with, you know, far more far more creative i guess hmm. and he doesn't find them uh, too simple or some kids do well no i don't i don't, I don't think i don't think you know f- I, when when children play those games um you know the games haven't changed they're still they're still fantastic um so they don't they don't see any you know they don't make any comment about the the 32 color graphics compared to 16.7 million on a, you know, PlayStation three or whatever. I don't know. I don't know anything about modern games or whatever. Um, but you know, those games were, were very, very good and yeah, they love playing them. Um, my son particularly likes sort of adventure games. They're, they're sort of old point and click adventure games. If you remember, there was a company called Sierra online oh, yeah. games like, <laughs> Maniac Mansion, and oh, Space yeah. Quest, and King's Quest. Um, yeah. Well, for, I mean, children don't look at that and say, oh, these graphics are terrible, or this doesn't look like a movie, or this sound isn't 5.1 surround sound, or anything like that. Um, and I think those games were very special because they were made by um, very, very small teams of people. Um, 
quite a few of the games were made by one or two people, <laughs> um, which is very different from a game, you know, games now made like a movie with, you know, teams of hundreds of people and there's no kind of creative vision there because it's just, it's, it's games by committee and they'll only make things that are going to be very, very commercial and that are kind of mindless and yeah, I have, I have no interest in that kind of stuff, but um, my my you know my son's been really enjoying those those games from from the eighties and nineties. Um, so that's that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and you still get to, for example, you know, read stories, uh, put the kids to bed. I heard you tell me recently that you, I think it was last night or today, even you you fell asleep <laughs> putting uh, your daughter to bed. Yeah, again, as much as much as I can. I mean, there are there are things I can do and things I can't do. I'm, I'm often suddenly very weak because of the fatigue. So uh, particularly, you know, after chemo. So, you know, it's difficult for me to like do a, do a bath for my daughter, but putting it, putting her to bed, um, it, you know, telling her a story at night or whatever is, is, is something I can do at least at the moment, but um, that might not be, be the case in the future, unfortunately. What do you, I was going to say, what do you look forward to, in the coming days, weeks, what do you? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't even know what I mean by that. But the, well, the, I mean, the moments you can have some joy or some, you know, good feeling. At the moment, everything is kind of overshadowed by what's going to happen when I have that first scan. Really, mm. which um, is when? Which is probably five weeks' time, I guess. Five mm -hmm. or six weeks' time. Okay. So. I need two more lots of chemo. So um, in a week's time, I'll have my, my other chemo, uh, chemo number three. And then um, I'll have um, another week, a sort of week and a half break. And then chemo number four. And after that, um, I don't know, a week or something after that, they'll do a CT scan, which is a scan that looks for lumps in your body. And they'll be examining the cancers and comparing it with the previous CT scan, um, which was now quite a few months ago. And they'll say, you know, either, oh, I'm very sorry, but the cancer spread to other organs or um, it hasn't spread, but it's growing. Or if I get a good result, they'll say it's not growing at the moment. Um, there's a very small chance it could even be shrinking a little bit, depending on how how the chemotherapy and immunotherapy and those things work. So that's, you know, that's the main thing on the horizon really is sort of what, what's going to happen in that, in that meeting. What are they going to find out in the scan? What are they going to tell me? And um, what, what then happens next? Because um, typically it will be more and more and more and more chemo um, because of course, if it's working, they want to, um, keep the chemo up and if it's not working they might want to try stronger chemo to give it another chance or, or try a different type of chemo um, so uh, that, that's the sort of the big thing on the horizon really I haven't really got any other plan you know there's nothing planned or anything um, one thing I do have to be aware of is that there's only a few months left of, of good weather in Japan winter here is is, is pretty harsh and um, Japanese houses are notoriously um, uncomfortable in winter and in summer in fact they're very very good in, in spring and autumn um, but 
Um, it's going to be bitterly cold, sort of, you know, December, January time. So I need to sort of make some kind of preparations for that, I guess. Hmm. So it's it's kind of like the, yeah, the the... the the big date that's that's in your in your mind or that you're working towards all the things that you're doing now are, are for the the scan mm. yeah although you know there's nothing that I can do to prepare it I mean there'll, there'll be a scan and then you know there'll, there'll be a result um, but until that scan I have no idea if any of this stuff is, is you know is working is the chemotherapy working or not is the you know immunotherapy working and of course, when I do have that scan, well, not of course, but when I do have that scan, imagine um, if I do have a good result, which would mean the cancer is not changing or it's even shrinking a little bit. There's no way to tell if that's due to immunotherapy or due to chemotherapy. Um, if it was a very good result, so if, if the cancer did seem to be shrinking, I may discuss with the, the, the cancer doctor, the oncologist, the possibility of having maybe a month without any chemotherapy at all and just have the immunotherapy and see if there's still a shrinking effect. Um, because, you know, one of the things about immunotherapy is it's no side effects, it's straightforward. Um, you know, I went there today, I, um, I spent maybe 10, 15 minutes talking to the immunotherapist. Um, he's sort of seeing how I was, asking how I was getting on with my chemotherapy. And then... I lay down on a bed, they put a drip in me. Um, the drip itself is actually only, it's like a 15 minute drip and then a 15 minute of another drip to kind of flush out the, the pipe or whatever. And um, and then I had my hypothermia therapy, which is 40 minutes of lying in a machine, a bit like, a, it looks a bit like a CT scanner or an MRI scanner or something like that, where they sort of heat up the inside of your body. And then I had a series of three, um, surprisingly painful injections um, into kind of the, the side where my ribs are for some reason, which is the vaccination, the, the dentratic um, vaccination. But there are no side effects. Very, very, very simple. It's all done within like an hour and a half of being in a clinic. Um, compare that to chemotherapy where you have, at least with my chemotherapy, it's a 48-hour continuous drip. So even while you're asleep, you're hooked up to this drip machine uh, with this little pump thing dripping medicine into you at a rate of three millilitres an hour or something. Um, and then you've got the days and days and days of fatigue and side effects after that. Um, immunotherapy is just, you know, if it does work, it's just wonderful. And if there was a possibility of having, um, you know, a month off, chemo off chemotherapy, and just trying immunotherapy, then um, obviously that's something I would really love. Although the immunotherapy is incredibly expensive, um, and I would have to uh, spend a lot of time raising money. But um, that's a that's a small price to pay if it means I avoid um, chemo chemotherapy and the the horrific side effects that go along with it. Yeah, and the, I mean the the funding the fundraising is now at. 20, almost almost um, 27,000 pounds. So, so for the time being, this allowed you to start the immunotherapy? Yeah, exactly. Um, it allows me to start and it allows me to um, 
pay, pay, pays for a few for a few cycles basically um the cost of the immunotherapy is is very difficult to predict in advance because a lot of it they just basically they're going to just try and do whatever they can do for you and that costs money um so they'll just test your blood and see what options are available to you so you basically sign an agreement that says you know um we're going to test your blood and here are the kind of things we can do and the kind of costs, but we don't know the exact cost because we don't know what's applicable to you until your blood is sat in the lab there over a period of, um, well, over a period of a couple of weeks, in fact. So it's, it's, it's hard to predict the cost, but the initial fundraising I've had so far has probably paid for, I don't know, maybe five or six immunotherapy treatments, maybe even more. So, um, and they're, they're sort of spaced a couple of weeks apart. So, you know, it's, it's, well, it's incredible, really. Um, and psychologically, it's just incredibly moving that there are people who don't know me who are donating money. Um, over 300 people have donated money. And, you know, maybe 100 of them I've had some contact with over the past 20 something years. And um, many of them are you know, going to be friends of friends or just strangers who saw something posted on Facebook or, or somehow other in a, some other way came across um, the fundraising page and and care enough to, to make a donation, which is um, just fantastic. Makes me feel incredible, really. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at some of the, the comments from people just, uh, as you said, you know, so-and-so mentioned, mentioned you, uh, I hope you're getting good days. Uh, I'm a friend of so-and-so. It's, it's, um, yeah, it is an amazing list. So so people can definitely go uh, just matthewdons.org. Matthew has two T's and um and and donate as so many so many people have. Um yeah. Yeah. I I guess we're getting close to the 30 minute mark and I want to respect the uh the need for maybe well your own rest and also maybe people to to process. Um by the way, so my last, maybe my last question for today, I hope it's a decent concluding, concluding question for now. Um, when you, you know, you're, you're putting your updates on places like Facebook and, and you know how this world is, how our internet world is, um, the good and the bad. Um, what do you, uh, you know, how do you, how do you feel when you, when you look at it all these days? Like what is, uh, when you're, update as related to your your you know struggle to live uh is is up against you know whatever else right that facebook throws at you um do you feel you know is is there any specific feeling that comes up are you do you, do you look at um, these things differently than you did before um i guess i mean i've always been kind of quite anti-facebook and anti-social media i guess is one thing on the other hand, it's been an amazing lifeline for me. Um, I only started using Facebook really um, a lot about maybe a year ago because I found so many of my friends had basically stopped using email. They're using Facebook Messenger to communicate instead of sending emails to each other. So that that was my main reason um, because they're all using their smartphones. They've got their Facebook apps. They're not opening up um, Gmail or whatever. They've got Facebook open all the time. So communicating by Facebook was was much easier. Um, I happen to be quite familiar with Facebook internals, how it works, because 
um, of my kind of my, my knowledge of digital marketing. So, you know, things like when you post something on Facebook, only about 13% of your um, Facebook friends see it. So you, you stick something out there and there's a 13% chance that any given friend is going to see it. Um, so, you know, that's why you often get, um, you often feel like you're just posting things into, into the, into the darkness. Um, I've been in in the past, I've been very, very wary about sharing personal stuff. I, I had my Facebook account was on, under my name, Cara Moon, um, not, not my other name. Um, I generally had not wanted to put photos of my kids online and all that kind of stuff. But now, because of my situation, a lot of that, I, I've just sort of, um, you know, anything goes really because it's just important that I communicate with with, um, with friends and family members particularly. And, you know, they're desperate to see how the kids are doing and that kind of thing and hear about the kids, for example. Um you know, social media is a very, very noisy environment. It's it's a very bad environment to get stuff done. <laughs> it's it's the worst possible context for people to be reading something. For example, I mean, not just social media, but the web browser in general, right? That you know, web browser is a distraction machine. It's de- it's just designed to distract you. And you know, my my relationship with technology is always um, I don't know. I don't really want to say it's a negative one, but it's it's. I find it very, very frustrating because I know that technology could be so much um, better than it is at the moment. It could be so much um, more powerful. Um, it's, you know, just like anything else, it's lowest common denominator stuff. It's consumer junk. Um, it's um, it's not what it should be. So I definitely am, am aware of that, you know, when, when I post things. I mean, um, you know, when I'm, with, with with my videos, I for example, with the videos, I put them on YouTube and then share them on Facebook. I don't put them directly on Facebook because Facebook is, you know, fickle and things disappear and it's a lot safer to put it on YouTube, although it's still not particularly robust. Um, it's, it's infinitely better than putting something directly on Facebook. So it's always a two-step thing. Yeah, But then this tremendous humanity that, that comes through at perhaps unexpected or or perhaps times of need is is also it's it's just hard to to hate it but it's it's and at the same time it's easy to hate it but um indeed like i see on your uh timeline uh a lot of love and caring and it's there's that too <laughs> you know it's yeah matthew i don't want to keep you up any longer um thanks for sharing i'll um We'll say goodbye for now with all the relevant links. Of course, MatthewDons.org uh, is the most important. That's where you can donate to help out. And uh, and uh, I'll link to the YouTube as well because there are now nine updates under the name Kara Moon, K-A-R-A Moon. But I can put the link for people who go to our website and you can see it. Okay. Okay, that would be great. Yeah, and we'll talk again uh, soon. Um, you know, as they say, um, and I do mean it, stay strong. Uh, and uh, I know we're we're with you in in this digital and uh, spiritual form. Okay, great to talk to you again, as as always. Thank you very much. Oh.
All right. So as we wrap it up here, just some last notes. You've heard the website. I'll say it one more time. Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-D-O-N-S, D as in dog, and uh, any other N as in Nancy, S, MatthewDons.org, uh, and that's where you can go and donate. And you know, the way this works is many people, as we said during the program, are not necessarily Matthew's friends. They're friends of friends. They're people who stumble upon this audio, perhaps exactly like you, and who wind up donating because we can all appreciate we can all imagine ourselves. Perhaps cancer has touched many of your lives, whether or not you know Matthew. And you know him now. If you listen to this podcast, you know something about him. Uh, after I recorded this, my own mother came over to me and said, uh, hey, it's it's my time now. I want to I wanna donate. And uh, my mother's never met Matthew, and, and uh, that, that doesn't matter, right? So there it is. Uh, that's it. I'm going to wrap it up. Um, as you know, if you want to hear more, we are producing podcasts over at realitiespodcast.com. Citizen Reporter is here. It will remain here with the occasional podcast on different topics, uh, but, uh, but gradually more and more content popping up on realities. So by all means, subscribe to both. Makes no difference, really, right? It's just in your, in your feed, whichever one I appear in. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that's it. That's it. From the United States... Uh, you'll probably hear something from me soon, reviews, reflections on what's going on. But for now, take care. Thanks for listening. Uh, and, and as always, if you go to the iTunes store and find Citizen Reporter, or use my name, Mark Fonseca Rendeiro, you can leave a review of this program, and that makes a huge difference. That makes it findable. That's the reality of our podcasting world. You can make quite a difference in this podcasts future and present so if you can go over and do that leave a little review leave some stars leave five stars if you think it's worth it thank you see ya